0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Views from the Wings podcast. My name is Nishan and here with uh, Aaron Palacios, and we got a special guest, uh, Tom Oresco, former Tom Stakes on Twitter. And you know, the Eagles this past on Sunday Halloween. They just whoop! They just whoop the Lions like it was a, it was a dominating dominating performance. They won forty four to six, and you know we really have we didn't see. This whole this entire season, we haven't seen a performance like that, so it's kind of refreshing. And it also kind of you know, put points like a, nar- a bad narrative on the coaching staff because it took them eight games to see what what type of team this is going to be. And I think at this point, this team is mo- mostly focused on running the ball because that'll open up everything for Jalen Hurts when it goes to the passing game. And you know, it also helps the defense and not being on the field the entire time. And then them giving up like what, like 30 points a game. So yeah, I'm just, I'm happy about the win. You know, the Eagles are still in, in playoff contention. You know, they're, they're fighting for that last wild card spot. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game against the Chargers. What are your guys thoughts on, on everything for the past week that we saw from the Eagles?
1: You can go ahead, Tom. Yeah. So like you said, dude, uh, Huge, huge rushing attack display of Jordan Howard, Boston Scott. Um, very, very adamant about running the football. And I think a lot of Eagles fans early in the season were absolutely just so, so dead set on Miles Sanders being a breakout player for this offense and not just in the receiving game, in the rushing game. And uh, and he didn't really get off the start, we all thought, and he didn't really progress as we all thought. Um, and it was mostly because, not because of his talent, but because he just wasn't getting the ball. Uh, and then you put Boston Scott and Jordan Howard in, and you're running right out of the middle, and you absolutely physically dominate the, team, uh, the opponent. And um, if we're being honest, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, and whoever is in that right guard uh, are, are, are a mean tandem, um, no, matter, no matter who's in that right guard spot because of Dickerson and Kelsey. And you got to trust those guys up the middle running you know right down the throat of an opponent and i I like what brandon speaking of the chargers i like what brandon staley said about the run game it make it forces you to play football it forces you to make tackles to 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 take blocks to play different you know those different zone blocking schemes and things like that um and it really like it's like people think it's such a passing league and that's you know what what really is tough to defend but when someone's punching you in the mouth that's tough to defend too and When when you don't have an identity as a team, the most you could do is, like, hustle hard and hit hard and play hungry and play fast. And, like, with this youth on offense, that's kind of what I expect. You saw Devontae Smith blocking for a big rush from Boston Scott off the left side. You saw, um, you know, Jordan Howard pounding up the middle, you know, obviously with ease, two touchdowns that's what's been missing from this, this team's identity is is something tough, smash mouth, get in your face and they got it on Sunday and that's only going to make you better going forward.
2: Yeah. And, uh, to, to your point about Brandon, Staley, there's been like a huge narrative about, you know, you don't need to run to set up the pass. You know, um, there, there's, there's, um, statistics that show you don't actually need to run the football. And, and I completely disagree. Um, and, and you're right where, where Brandon Staley says, it's not necessarily about needing to, to run to set up the pass. It's about the physicality of the game and really imposing your will because it's still football. It's still the most, one of the most physical, probably the most physical sport you will play where you don't punch each other in the face. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's, there's still that aspect of the game that needs to be found. And I I was talking to Sean a few episodes ago, or, or at least uh, during the season about how it seems like Nick is, Wanting to to have his offense look a certain way. And it's completely antithetical of like what he said to the start of the season, which was he was going to to fit this offensive around the playmakers. And maybe we're seeing that that switch in philosophy with that game. Um, but it's also the Detroit Lions, and they're a team that they're they are a physical team because they have Dan Campbell. And I think he does stress that type of thing, but It's the Detroit Lions, and they're not—they're not a a team that really scares you in anything that they do. And the Eagles haven't been that—that team either. So I think being able to establish the run early on and and being able to control the line of scrimmage, most importantly, because that's what we saw. I think more than anything in in prior games, is the Eagles dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball for almost the entire game, Um, and they committed to it. They committed to the run and. You saw the running backs getting north and south more than we saw, I think, in in previous games. And I love Miles Sanders, but there are times when you do need to see him just get north and south and hit the hole. Um, And, you know, you you look at Nick Sirianni and it's kind of wondering where where this team is at and what their identity is. And I've said that, you know, for weeks that they need to find an identity and maybe that identity is running the ball for you. I mean, they ran the ball 46 times against. Against the Lions, including Jalen Hurts runs, they got two thirty six. That's over. If you're running the ball fifty times a game, then you're averaging over five yards per carry. I mean, you obviously you have to keep doing that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but my thing is, whenever you go to play i uh, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers, when you go when you go over there, and, you, and you've got a Justin Herbert, who, you know, he he struggled a bit this year, but he's still a high powered quarterback, and they still have Keenan Allen, they still got Michael Thomas and Eckler. they've got a really really good offense. So my question is, are you able to take that same game plan? Not necessarily, you know. Do the exact same thing the next week, but are you able to take from that and still be able to win through the passing game as well? Because I think you're going to need to do that whenever you face better
1: teams. Yeah. yeah ben, um, go ahead. You know, go ahead.
0: My Yeah, the, the The I think that's what the Eagles need to do. They need to take the game plan. I get, I know it's against the Lions, who are a really bad team, but they need to put that bring that game plan to the game against the Chargers on Sunday because like you said justin herbert he's he's a good quarterback he has a lot of good weapons like mike like you said keenan keenan mike williams austin eckler you need to keep that offense off the field so if you're running the ball maybe not like 46 times at least maybe between like 30 and 40 times then you're going to wear down that defense and then when it comes to the fourth quarter you're you're able to find um find open guys and that's something that you know the Eagles need to work on a little bit more, whether it be the slant routes, intermediate routes, or the go routes, like they need something that can open up the offense and test the defense, because at this point, defenses aren't really, they're more clued in, or clued in on the run than the pass, and that's something that needs to change, and mm-hmm. hopefully they can continue in this, this upcoming week. I'm not going to I doubt that's going to happen. That's just being me hey, But hey,
2: you got you're the one
0: you're the one who's got the money riding. You got the big bet you Yeah, I got vote. 250 on this game <laughs> so I need the Eagles to win. You got
1: 250 on the Birds?
0: Yeah, I, I got 250 on the Birds. I did I know a couple of Chargers fans so this is like well, we set this bet like last year Biden is okay. for Eagles to be so bad. <laughs> so I need yeah, the Eagles man. to win like
1: no, that's, uh, that's crazy. But no, I, I think I, I agree with all the things, you know, you were saying there and, and Aaron as well. Um, you know, it, is, it was just the line. You know, that's actually like, you know, obviously, even if they're not, you know, they have no wins. They lost a couple crazy 66 yard field or whatever. Even if they have two wins, it's still, you know, it is it is not a great football team. You know, like you said, they're not that physical there. They don't really have anything that scares you. Uh, especially at the receiver position. So I didn't, and then Goff is not mobile or anything. So you have nothing on offense to worry about. And then on defense, it's just like, it is what it is on defense. You know, they, they are what they are, but the thing is, we didn't even try to do that against any of the other teams. So if it's like we were getting stoned by like other teams and really the run game wasn't working, I would be like, okay, so against the lions, we could run like that, but maybe not against these other teams, but, but we didn't even try. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that, um, you know, they, that putting that effort forth, you know, testing a tougher team with that run game, it will have success. And, you know, like we said, it's not going to be to the tune, you know, close to 50 carries. um, But, you know, it can open things up late if you pound the defense and situational passing and situational playmaking is what Jalen hurts kind of is right now. And um, he's, you know, a guy that obviously needs to grow as a passer. And that's why we're talking about the run game so much is because Jalen hurts right now, you know what he is you you've seen eight games of them you've seen the games last year right now everybody can expect Jalen Hurst to look pretty much the same the rest of the season some games he might have great games some game he might have okay game bad game he's not going to look much different it's all going to be situationally what can he do when the game might be on the line can he make plays can he use his legs to run out of the pocket can he throw on the run can he hit the open guy when he needs to you're not going to get him throwing for, you know, 400 every week, five touchdowns, whatever. Um, And, and that's, and that's just honest. So you need to use the run game and you need to use Jalen as an extension of the run game as well, while he develops as a passer. And if the Eagles, this brings me to my point about Jalen hurts in general, if the Eagles see the, the chance to improve where he comes back next year and looks more advanced as a passer and he's developing, they might take that chance, but at the same time, they might move on and go for another quarterback. I don't think either side is a bad side. And that's where it gets mixed up on Twitter a lot. We're always talking about it. And we think, you know, a lot of people think you're picking sides, but in reality, you kind of, none of us have the option to, to make the choice. So we just have to know, do the Eagles think that having another year developing Jalen Hurts is worth, you know, building the team up and bringing them back and having that continuity? Or do they say, look, Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff We're sticking with them. They are hell bent on Matt Corral or they are in love with Carson Strong. We need to go get one of those guys for them immediately because once you get that guy in the building, that's when you can start developing him. So delaying it another year when in reality, you might have to do that after 2022. Anyway, you're weighing the risk reward there. So do they want to spend another year on Jalen Hurts or do they want to immediately start that new quarterback, Nick Stiriani, gets to pick his guy? Um, And if it's me, I'm on this, if I'm Sirianni, if it's my coaching job, I'm keeping Jalen Hurts because once you get that guy, your clock starts and you obviously don't want to think that way, but developing Jalen Hurts and developing a better football team for the 2023 quarterback might be in Sirianni's best interest because they could just be a little better. You can use the, you have the Jalen hurts excuse in the palm of your hand, you know, extend that for another year, build the team. And then in 2023, if hurts isn't the guy, it'll be someone else and the team will be a lot better then than it is now. So that's my piece on it. If anybody disagrees with that, then I mean, I didn't really take the side. I just said, either side's good for me. (laughs) I would, if I'm Sirianni, I'm taking Jalen hurts next year. hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I I just Yeah. Um, I think um, we we don't even know Nick Sirianni might not be the head coach in 2021. Very true. I mean, Very true.
1: It's not in the team's mo to fire a guy after one year, but you never you never know. You just yeah, never right.
2: know. Um, for 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 reference, it's never happened under Howie under Howie or I'm sorry under Jeffrey Lurie. it never went one and done, but I mean you know it, it could happen. Um, I, I want to touch on on the on the Chargers though um, in talking about their defense and and how I know I said, you, you do got to be able to pass on them. I think, especially when you got a quarterback like Justin Herbert, but when you look at, look at the Chargers run defense, I mean, there are a team that you can run against. Um, I mean, this, this year, they've given up 1116 yards, um, 218 attempts, over five, over five yards per carry, both of those numbers, 31, 32nd in the league. Um, And then they've allowed eight plus 28, 20 plus yards runs. So uh, that's also last in the league. So they're a team you can run against it sucks not having Sanders, but I, I really want to see, like, was it, was it just because it was the Lions? Was it just because that game plan, like Gainwell got zero, got zero play or is that something that like, do they only want Gainwell in the game whenever Sanders is is, is active? So I, that I don't yeah. understand. Um, but uh, um, yeah, like, like Jalen hurts his ability to, to play backyard football. Um, and, and like when, when the chips are down, like I go back to, I think you tweeted about it um, was that play where it was that uh fourth, um, I believe it was fourth down where he kind of caught the snap with one hand rolls to his right.
1: And throws that was that. the two point conversion, two, two point, point conversion. conversion.
2: Right. And, and that those type of plays, you see those from Jalen Hurts and you're like, dude, this is a guy who clearly is talented. He clearly can do, he can clearly make plays that only a handful of guys can make there's only a few guys that can make, I mean, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are probably the, you know, that that's the list. And yeah. whenever you you got a quarterback that has that type of escapability, that type of improvisation, that's the thing that actually really made me fall in, love with Car- fall in love with Carson Wentz was his ability to create plays off script. What can you do whenever things are going wrong? Because what we saw like 2015, Sam Bradford was had no ability to do anything. Once, once the right. play was broken, it was over, you know, I mean, we might as well just punt. But whenever you've got a quarterback that can create and Jalen hurts is one of those guys, whenever you have that type of quarterback, I think you do, you have, you you kind of owe it to yourself to see what he can become at least for the season. Now, whenever we get towards the end of this season, that's whenever I don't know what to do. And that's why I still lean towards unless hurts shows something completely different. We haven't seen these first eight weeks, unless he shows something completely different. I think you almost have to go forward because you have all those resources, man. And you've got, got all those picks you've got you're going to have some sort of cap room as well that if you want to go pursue one of the you know the veteran quarterbacks you can do that so it puts you in a very in a very tough position as a gm when you're howie roseman if he's even the guy which me me and nishan have talked about that um about how this would be the year to to get a new gm you know if you're going to do it i mean it's not going to be more attractive this this job that is so three first round uh, picks mm -hmm. yeah all all of it all that you've got the ability to choose your own coach if you want so Whenever I see that, I'm like, man, do you really do you go forward with Jalen Hurts? Because you could do that. You could you could go forward next year, Jalen Hurts, and then you just go defense and, you know, maybe take an offensive lineman somewhere, whatever. Go everything but quarterback in those top three picks. You've got a, a hell of a core that you can yeah. go ahead and build around in the future. And then if Jalen Hurts is the guy, man, you're set up like the Cowboys are right now. And yeah. I know we like to yeah. shit talk the Cowboys, but I mean, they're yeah. set up for success right now. Uh, yeah. and that all that all is because they they stuck with a Dak Prescott who was limited at the time and he right. grew into something. Right. So my thing is I I don't know. Um I don't know what you do with it. Sure. I think Dak I think Dak Prescott showed more than Jalen Hurts has showed to this point in their careers. If you look at first, you know, 10, 12 starts, whatever. Yeah. Again, different scenarios. He doesn't have Ezekiel, he doesn't have, you know, that offensive line. He doesn't have a coaching staff, you know. Talk shit on Jason Garrett. It was actually an established coaching staff. So yeah, exactly. it's, it's a tough position. And you're right. There's no one way to go here. There's, there's more than one way to do this. And I think you're right. Whenever you get on Twitter, you get these like, we, you start to argue and then you, you really start digging yourself into your own position more. Instead of actually having a conversation, you end up just kind of convincing yourself more of the position you're in. And right. I've I've probably come across as like a Jalen Hurts hater that I that I hate the guy that you know I don't want to give him a chance and I'd flip-flop on him all year and I, I will probably continue to flip-flop on him. I, I don't I, know
1: didn't I say that? Yeah, I know, I know,
2: exactly. And and that's the thing, you don't know what he is. And right, you only, you only know by letting the season play out. And you right. know, you pointed out before is that stretch of games they have had they have towards the end of the year. And that could be a stretch where you know they they dominate statistically weeks twelve through really weeks twelve through seventeen. You've got mm-hmm. Giants twice, Washington twice, and then the Jets. So and, I mean, and the Cowboys
1: you might rest their starters that week because they're looking yep. like they're going fifteen and two. Whatever <laughs> the hell it is, I mean they're looking great. And then but then at yeah. the at the, end, at the end of the day though you but you, you know you say you don't know what Jalen Hurts is and i agree to an extent you don't know but, but really to me it's you don't know what he be, he can become you know what he is and you just said exactly what he was a guy that can like make plays like he's a playmaker he's not your conventional passer and i think Colin Cowherd had a really good opinion on on Jalen Hurts he or uh, yeah on Jalen Hurts He was talking about in comparison to, you know, Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson doesn't always look pretty at first. You don't really know what they're trying to do, but you just see something in the guy and you're like, okay, let's try to develop him as more of a conventional quarterback. And then he can make those plays, you know, on the side. I think the comparison to Dak, I don't think it's fair to say Dak's rookie year. Look at Dak's second year. That's when you saw how limited he was, when Zeke yeah, was out absolutely. for a couple of years and, and Dez wasn't the same guy. And you, you start to see things kind of change around him and Tyron Smith went out. He didn't know what he looked like he was doing out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he had a game where he threw for a hundred yards in a win because they ran the ball well and things like that. Uh, and then he just kept developing as a passer. And like you said, that's why they're at where they're at now because they just kept letting him develop. And you can see, you know, I, that's why I think Giving Jalen Hurts another year really will tell us what how good he can get because if he does, if he looks the same next year, then you're like, all right, it's time. But if he's like advanced as a passer next year, yeah, this Mm -hmm. built up team, like you were saying, it could you, you might not need one, and continuity goes a long way in like locker room, like chemistry, and all that. And just God, it's just so much like Nish was saying earlier. It's just so much stuff in flux. Like, there's always like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a new new two years. It's Bradford. It's Wentz. It's Foles. It's Hurts. It's this. Like, just keep the team together. Keep the same thing and just grow something. And that's that's really what I want to see them do. But you did mention veteran quarterbacks and about the cap space. I was thinking, you know, obviously like using it on maybe a receiver. We could use a little upgrade. And maybe just grabbing someone like that. But um, I really think uh, if Russell Wilson's available, you just I hope you would want to play I here. But you can't pass I'm going. off on that. It's, no, you can't, you, you can't. That's my only caveat. I want Jalen Hurts next year mm-hmm. over a drafted quarterback. If right. if we can get Russell Wilson, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, any any day of the week, I'm giving up whatever it takes. But I just don't think he's going to want to play here. And that always factors in. Players always like, hand pick right, whatever I right. play and get traded to and it just worked out like and I he just had no ties here. Like it's kind of a crummy mm-hmm. fan base that flip flops and you know yeah. you got people like you guys on <laughs> nah, but, uh, <laughs> Hey dude it,
2: if, if Russell sucks and you know two weeks go by and he's he hasn't thrown three touchdowns every game, it's over, man. <laughs> <laughs> dude, well, uh no See, see, and you know, I, I will go back to, to going forward in the next year. Um, the thing is you you could do that, but what happens if Hertz, isn't that guy? What if he doesn't take that next step? Because that's just as likely. And then you're and, stuck and, in this spot. 23, right? Well, and that's, yeah, the, that's the thing you, you can't, but what position are you going to be at in that, in that spot? Are you going to have the pick to even get that guy? Are you going to have to to mortgage your future like you did for a Carson Wentz again?
1: Right. You never know. And honestly, more- Sometimes like mortgaging your future isn't the worst thing ever. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, I mean, you look at what you look at what the Bears did to get Justin Fields. I mean, I'm, I don't know, and I'm not saying he's going to be good or bad. He just, they, mm-hmm. but they got their guy, and they came from what 20 or 21, and they came yes. down to 10 to the mm-hmm. where the Giants were at, or where, 11 where the Giants, was it. Yeah, it was Is, it was 11. Yes. It was was we traded yeah. up to ten to get Devante, right. and then and yeah. yeah. the Giants were like, "Well, we just we're dropping back," <laughs> yeah. and the yeah. Bears came up to eleven. So there's always I always look at the situation and like you know mm-hmm. they didn't they gave up a, a an extra first and like if that's what right. it takes we have three first rounders this year so it kind of mm-hmm. that covers you for that time you know what I mean if you have to give up it, an extra first well we mm-hmm. get three of them this year so it's like you know it's kind of like a give or take but you know that's the, like, like oh, on the other side of it, like you were saying about drafting a quarterback, we have those three assets. It's not like picking a quarterback in the first round kills us. Like We have two more first-rounders, right. a second-rounder, a ton of mm-hmm. cap space. So it, on both sides, they're in a good mm-hmm. position, and that's what Howie Roseman set up, and I think that's why they'll give him another chance. But if I'm you know, on the same wavelength as you guys, the new GM sounds kind of appealing yeah. at times, if we're being honest.
2: And, right, and, and, and Howie Roseman is a good GM, I think. Um, where he falls is the talent evaluation and just team building in general. Um, and I don't know what makes a good GM. Like, he, like Joe Douglas, he was a guy that even before he came to Philly, there was talk like, oh, this is the guy, you know, he, he comes from, he comes from the Ravens. He's, he's got this pedigree. Well, he goes to New York and is, is he a good GM there? I mean, no. do, we don't know. We don't know exactly. It doesn't look like it. I mean, they haven't. It's part of the Derek
1: Barnett, Sydney Jones, Russell Douglas draft. And those exactly. guys all never really caught on with us. I mean, mm-hmm. Barnett's still on the team, but yeah. He hasn't, he I mean,
2: hasn't had a sack in a year and a half.
1: <laughs> it's a lot harder when you're the guy that's like front and center and calling the yeah. shot. Than people think it is. I'll tell you that much. And like, yeah, an right. from the owner at times, the coaching staff at times. So yeah, they miss picks and unforgivable mm-hmm. picking the certain receivers. I'm not even going to mention names, but we yeah. all know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think Lori's going to like, I think how he's personally, you know, what I always said, you know, I was a big Wentz guy too. You know, I don't sure. hate the guy. It is what it is, but Um, I always said, you know, when Carson Wentz was, uh, was traded, I said, okay, well, guess what? Howie had to have Jalen Hurts. He had to have him had to, had to pick him in the second round. So play him now play him. And if that guy's not good, get out of here. You know what I mean? Get Howie out of here and get Hurts out of here and they can go out together because he had to have that guy. And that's what, that's why we're in the situation we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's really the honest truth is he didn't Mm -hmm. trust Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz. You can say he's soft if you want. It is what it is. I'm not going to knock it, but he felt, you know, fucked by the organization. I don't yeah, know absolutely. Him, no, yeah. You felt, say what you say. You want. can <laughs> say whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, he felt. He felt like disrespected by the organization. They yes. get rid of folds. He brings a mm-hmm. shitty team to the playoffs. They need a bunch of other things, and they pick Jalen Hurts. And like, and then oh yeah, well we got your receiver. Yeah, you got me, Jalen Rager. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot, so, lot of good that did. As far as and that's that, dude. Come on. And that's the thing with Wentz. Like, I don't put all this blame on him because you don't know what happened behind closed doors. You don't know what relationship him and Howie had because people like to see, like, oh, if if, if Wentz – because I've heard this argument is if Wentz had such issues with the front office, why did he sign the contract? Which is the yeah. dumbest argument because, I mean, if a team is offering you the most money ever at a, guaranteed out of position, you don't okay. not sign it. And yeah. if he wouldn't have signed it at the time, you don't think that comes like out. An idiot.
0: He would have looked like an idiot not signing that much that much yeah. money. Like, Of course he not an deal
1: yeah
0: no yes. shit. so
1: yeah.
2: yeah and so so when I see that and it's like well it wasn't just drafting Jalen Hurts that that made this made Carson Wentz feel this type of way it was probably like a, a long you know a long way to get here because I like I was telling I was telling the shot on our last podcast like Carson's a really thoughtful guy he's not an impulsive type of guy you know as much as we know about him at least he seems like he would be a guy who's, who weighs everything and I don't think it was as simple as yeah, he got benched and he just wanted out because he sucked. Yeah, and I think no, it's it's, no easy, it's easy to say that on Twitter. It's easy to get those jokes off, but right, yeah. I, when and and to go back, that I look at Howie Roseman as the root of it because he's the reason why it got to that that situation. If you've got a player of Carson Wentz's caliber, you don't let it get to that the spot that you
1: that right. it got to. Right, and and I agree with that, and and you know what else happened that was in, like kind of not of anyone's control is Nick Foles winning Super Bowl MVP, and God, we're we're ha- happy as fans, but that really was the first thing that, yeah. and that's Wentz's ACL tear, and and Nick Foles winning Super Bowl MVP, and then the next thing you know, half the fan base is on Wentz every single week. He has to play like Super Bowl MVP, or he's not good enough, and that that can that can start to create problems when you got the locker room there's anonymous sourced articles coming out and reporters are asking him about it now you're looking around the locker room like well what what am i and then it was three years of the same thing it was the same bullshit and then Foles came back the second year in 2018 led him to the playoffs got that crazy chicago playoff win, and it was just like man this guy's like he's gonna wear his welcome out here because he's never going to be able to live up to nick Foles, and that's all people do when bradford was quarterback when everyone hated the guy. So when Carson got put in, he was immediately like this guy's, you know, the next big thing. And then right when Foles did what he did, people were like, well, well, why, why do we want to go back to Wentz then? And you, you know, and then, and then it just snowballed and um, you know, and then and then the, the last straw seemed to be that draft with Jalen hurts. And it's like, well, dude, I just brought this ragtag bunch of li- the little giants to the freaking uh, playoffs and you're drafting another quarterback. Cause some, Big bonehead that's a free agent now knocked me out, knocked me in my head. And it's like, mm-hmm. he, that, that guy, that guy's, a, he makes boneheaded plays all the time. Of course, he's going to knock someone out of the game. And it just, Wentz got unlucky again. And the organization, Howie Roseman said, you know what, we need, it, we need a backup plan. And instead yeah. of getting like some veteran that he could explain nicely, he goes and drafts the guy's replacement. And it's like, well, well yeah, then, then play him. Then play him. And yeah. if he sucks, then you're out of here too because you did this. You did all of this.
2: Yeah, I, I can't. I, I agree with everything, man. man. Like that's I, you said it pretty well. I think. Yeah, that's. What that's you got, right.
0: Sean? Yeah, it's, um, just to, to pick it up. My bad. I go on
1: crazy Rantinos. No, you're
0: good. You're good. I love <laughs> yeah, it. I just I think. I think we talk a lot about Carson Wentz, even though he's not in the Eagles. But yeah, him whatever. playing will give what? us a first round pick, and I just think, like you, like Tom said, ever since the Super Bowl, it was kind of like once had to play like he was like an mvp candidate every single week and then you kind of i don't know about you guys but after he dragged the team to the playoffs in 2019 you you kind of got that sense that, you know like he was starting to you know win back some of that full portion of the fan base and then he gets injured and then it's over and, again. Then, and then it's like that was his end i think that was the beginning of the end right. of him getting that concussion which was not his yeah. fault at all it was, you got hit
1: at the back of the head. Yeah, and it's, like, football. it's football. It's football for sure. I agree.
2: Well, and, and it sucks because there are certain things you can look at Carson Wentz and kind of point to him being injury prone. But that one, of all things, would, should be in, you know, on the farthest on the bottom of the list. Because, I mean, the guy obviously gets hurt frequently for whatever reason. And I was always on the, the you know, like, oh, injury prone. He's not injury prone. That's silly because it's football. But. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I, I'm just, honestly, I'm glad in, in a way we don't have to deal with that anymore. Um Cause I love the player. I love who is this player, but even before he was traded, the path of success for Carson Wentz in Philadelphia was, was, you know, it wasn't going to happen. It was going to be, there was so many hurdles compared to a Jalen Hurts even, and I'm not even talking just physical, but you know, physical ability or, or production, but just the ability to actually have real success in the city. It, it was really tough for Wentz to get there after, you know, 2020. And, you know, unless, unless he really, Turned it around and they were a, a top seed. I don't, I don't know if anyone would have, would have believed in them.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I'll say, I think when, when you said earlier, you know, that he didn't just get benched and decide, you know, I want to be traded. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it was a pile up of a lot of things. And absolutely. Um, I think when he said that, you know, they said, when did you first think you were going to move on? He said, "With well, the night I got benched. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. no shit. <laughs> like they drafted him exactly. the Think about it from his perspective. They drafted him exactly. the in the second round, and you're struggling, and they bench you for that guy. Yeah. So it's like, what do you what do you think is gonna happen? Like, you know, like. And, and, and
2: see, I always go back to, as a fan base, did we think, oh, Carson Wentz is going to be here for a very long time after he was benched? Absolutely not. Once once yeah. he got benched, yeah, once he got benched, we're like, oh, he's probably done here. But for him yeah. to have the same thoughts, it was crazy, apparently. He's yeah, so not yeah, supposed exactly. to have his
1: thoughts. Yeah. All right. Like, oh, what a, what a, what a, yeah, like, what a, what a softy. It's like, I mean, you no, know, that's just kind of the, that's kind of. Just reality.
0: Yeah. Just when reality of the situation.
1: Benched, and then especially when they didn't start him in the next mm-hmm. game. It was right. like, well, I remember because people were like, "Well, McNabb got benched, yeah, but he started the next game. Like, yeah, he, they benched yeah. him for a half against uh, the <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, and yeah, and that was it. And they and they and, and, and,
2: and Cole threw, a pick six, which probably didn't help, like yeah, 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 he a hundred yard pick
0: six, pick <laughs> six the back of the end zone. Yeah. Oh God. All right, guys. That. Well, before we go, let's get a predictions for the game against the Chargers. I think the, I think the Eagles win. I think they win. I'm gonna say they win, 24-23. I just think this Chargers team can be had. We saw what, what Mac Jones did to this team again last week, and then they got absolutely demolished by the Ravens. I just think if they want to go to the, I think I told Tom this. I think on Sunday, like if the Eagles want to go to the playoff, they have to beat the Chargers. Like if they lose to the Chargers, they're gonna be three and six. They well, they, they do have a uh, easy schedule coming up but they get to get to the playoffs they need a at least to have like seven losses they already have five so there's mm-hmm. kind of like no room for error in that point but yeah
2: mm-hmm. Feel that. yeah so so the chargers they're a really weird team just like you don't know what you're gonna get and it it seems like this is always with the chargers but uh, you don't know like what team you're gonna get like on a given week like it could be like the last six weeks for instance you know against the Cowboys they scored 17 and they come back two weeks a week later and score 30 against the Chiefs they put 47 against the Browns two weeks later they are a week later they only score six against the Ravens so it's it's tough to like suss out like what that team is going to be I think being at home for for Philly is huge um I predicted they'd win this game as kind of like one of their few upset wins of the year um, before the season so yeah I think they do it um I think 20 to 17 probably I think the defense I really really want to see I didn't touch on this but Jonathan Gannon's scheme that kind of philosophy philosophy switch we saw he's got to do the same thing like 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 Pretty much the rest of the year, I think, because, I mean, it obviously worked compared to what he was doing before. So, um, yeah, I think I think we get him to struggle on offense and get a close win.
1: Whew, man. Well, you guys know I have that list going around that I've been showing everybody on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I do have this as an L, but you do bring up a good point, Aaron, um, about the fact that, like, they haven't had an upset win yet. They probably get one eventually, um, mm-hmm. and the, the chances for them to do that are the Saints and the Chargers. And I have them losing both the games and they're both at Mm -hmm. home too, which is odd that I did that. And then I have them winning like six straight at the end of the season. And that's probably not going to happen. So in reality, (laughs) they'll probably win the chargers or the saints game and then lose Mm -hmm. one of those games that you think they're going to win like Washington or the jets, probably not the jets, but hopefully not the jets. Hopefully not. the Jets. Let's hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Back to the chargers game. Go ahead.
2: Y'all say you'll never hear the end of the Zach Wilson sling,
1: uh, uh Zach Wilson hyping God, it would be rough. But uh <laughs> but either way, um, yeah, so the Chargers, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll stick to my original prediction so I can just be a consistent dude. I got him taking the loss. I do think it's gonna be it would be a close one. 23-21. Um, uh, really one of those tough, tough losses, but something maybe to to look forward to and and play well. But yeah, no, I I think on offense. To to win the game though, and I think there's always a chance, you know, obviously, like you said, the Chargers are an odd team. You got people calling Herbert the best quarterback, you know, of all time in September. And now oh, he's real he's quick. Real quick.
2: The dude, Alex, you get into with on Twitter, those fucking interactions are the hilarious, most hilarious interactions. <laughs> well, <laughs> I like the kid, but I like the kid, but God, he just doesn't know when to stop burying himself in a hole.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he kind of oh, yeah. yeah he, he, he just very reactionary. So it's very easy yeah. to pick out like the inconsistency. Right. But you, you um, and Nick the
2: other day, just throwing those screenshots. That was great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's uh yeah, he's, he's very reactionary. It's fun, but you know, we've got to love uh, his energy and passion for it. So, right, uh, but yeah, on, on, you know, on offense, we got to win uh, the way we got to win is, is controlling the clock control, keeping them on the, on the sideline, keeping their playmakers and their quarterback who is good. He's hit a little bit of a rut, but what, you know, better week to, to come back and play uh, and get, get it going. But um, you know, on offense, I think we got to control the game play. Like with that Detroit mindset, that tough mindset, they're a bad run defense. Like you pointed out earlier in the show mm-hmm. on, on the defensive side, again, and like you said, this same scheme, I think getting TJ Edwards and Davion Taylor to play meaningful snaps and be on the field more than Alex Singleton, and Eric Wilson is, right. is going to be huge. They're better. They're just better. And I don't know why, you know, that wasn't the initial thought, but Either way, I think they're better. I think they're still going to be liable to get lit up at times, but you know they're Mm -hmm. they're better. They're better. They're more athletic. It seems they're more instinctive, and and they have better coverage skills. So hopefully, they can um, bring that more that speed to the field and cover it in the linebacking uh, area. And then you got to just go man on the outside and corners. You have the man up. You have good man corners. Let the safeties roam around and get pressured. You got to get pressured. Whether you blitz or you get get it with your front four, you got to get pressure on Herbert. Have to. Uh, to get him off the field and make create negative plays to get them in second, third and long and get them off the field. And if we can just control the game, keep everything in front of us and don't let things get out of hand. Uh, don't let, you know, the quarterback get super hot like Derek Carr playing some soft zone defense, things like that. Just keep everything in front of you and you could come away with that upset. But um, like I said, I have them losing on my, on my sheet. And I'm going to just stick with that for the consistency. Hey, sake. it can win this game.
2: Your sheet's really accurate, though, I will say. I think, yeah. what, you missed, like, two games or some shit?
1: Yeah, the first the first two, I had them losing to Atlanta. Yeah, you flip-flopped it, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly, because I knew the home opener. I wanted to see a win, so I was like, I'm just going to say they're going to lose to Atlanta. So <laughs> Flip flopped it, but, yeah, every, every other game I've called, the Carolina win, the, mm-hmm. all the other losses that we got, and then the Detroit win. So yeah, every other game. So I do have loss, but hopefully we're seeing a red X on that thing this week because I do yes, want to sir. get. This win. It would be such one. Of, it would be one of those signature wins to get for this young team. Yeah. Really, really get people pumped.
0: Yeah. All right, Absolutely. well, we'll leave it there. Follow me at Niche Twenty. Follow Aaron at Aaron Plus, Five. Follow Tom at Tom Stakes on Twitter. And we will get back to you guys next week. Fly goes fly.
1: Absolutely. See you guys. Thank you for having me on again, guys. Anytime, brother.
2: Anytime.